Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today in Science from Wired. The legendary Frank Drake shaped the search for alien life. The influential astronomer led the hunt for extraterrestrial signals and helped make the field of astrobiology what it is today, by Ramin Skiba. Frank Drake, a leading figure in planetary astronomy and astrobiology who inspired the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI, died Friday, September 2nd, at the age of 92. Frank essentially pioneered the field of SETI as a scientific endeavor by being the first to actually conduct a SETI experiment, says Bill Diamond, president of the nonprofit SETI Institute in Mountain View, California. Drake was born in Chicago in 1930. He studied engineering physics at Cornell University and then served as an electronics officer on a Navy cruiser for three years. Afterward, he earned his Ph.D. in astronomy at Harvard. His SETI quest began in 1960, when he was working for the National Radio Astronomy Observatory at its telescopes in Greenbank, West Virginia. Unbeknownst to him, in 1959, a pair of physicists had published a research paper speculating about how far radio signals sent by extraterrestrial civilizations might travel and still be detectable by a receiver on Earth. It turns out the distance is light years, says Seth Shostak senior astronomer for the SETI Institute, a nonprofit research organization focused on the origins of and the search for alien life. Maybe the sky is filled with signals, but we've just never looked for them. Drake had already begun leading an effort to do just that. In 1960, he secured approval from the NRAO for Project Ozma, named after the princess in The Wizard of Oz, the first attempt to systematically hunt for alien signals. For a few hours every day, he pointed the facility's 85-foot radio telescope at Tau Ceti and a handful of other nearby star systems, searching for bumps or wiggles above the background noise that might be signs of an intentional broadcast. 
He tuned in to a particular range of frequencies, notably one near the 21-centimeter emission line of hydrogen. This is normally a quiet part of the radio spectrum. Most worlds would have few emissions in that range, so one could use it as a natural hailing frequency. But aside from one false alarm, that was probably due to an aircraft, he and his colleagues heard only static. Although the Green Bank experiment didn't spot any alien messages, it showed how one could look for them, so the National Academy of Sciences approached Drake to help organize a conference about SETI there. That pivotal 1961 meeting brought together an influential and eclectic group of scientists, including the chemist Melvin Calvin, who was notified of his Nobel Prize win at the meeting, a dolphin intelligence researcher, the authors of the 1959 paper, and a young Carl Sagan who would become a frequent collaborator with Drake. At that conference, Drake began developing a seminal formula that later became known as the Drake Equation. Still in frequent use in various forms today, that formula tries to reach the ballpark figure for the number of alien societies that could exist within our galaxy and that might be trying to message us. Its variables include the birth rate of stars, the abundance of planets orbiting them, the fraction of those that are habitable rocky worlds, the portion of those on which life could develop, the fraction of alien civilizations that might transmit signals that can be detected, and the estimated lifetime of those civilizations. While the variables about stars and planets can be constrained with some precision, no one really knows how long intelligent civilizations typically last. After all, we have only earthling civilizations to extrapolate from. Although some have flourished for millennia, humans are just babies, cosmically speaking, and they've already threatened their very existence with nuclear war and climate change and still don't know how to deflect killer asteroids. Most of the important terms of the equation are unknown. You could say the equation is useless, but that's not true, because it is a good way to organize your ignorance, Shostak says. It shows that questions about intelligent life and our efforts to listen for it need to bring together other fields too, including astrophysics, geology, biology, and sociology. Scientists ultimately built the field of astrobiology on the groundwork of that equation, Diamond argues. It showed how they could approach the search for alien life itself, not just scanning for its telltale radio broadcasts from a variety of angles, including investigating the emergence of complexity and the development of intelligence and consciousness, studying evolution and the biochemical origins of life forms, and understanding the challenges of interstellar communications. Drake's effort to make contact with other worlds didn't stop when Project Ozma ended. Since the invention of broadcast radio, Earthlings have accidentally sent signals into the heavens via shows and songs. But these signals scatter in different directions and might not be detectable from afar. So in 1974, while serving as the director of the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico, Drake used the radio telescope to broadcast the first interstellar message deliberately sent from Earth. With 1,679 binary bits representing ones and zeros, he used frequency pulses to send a message in the direction of the star cluster M13, which included pictograms of a DNA double helix, a diagram of the solar system, and pictures of a human being and Arecibo. His daughter Nadia Drake, a science journalist, later covered the telescope's 50th anniversary for Wired. He also participated in two efforts to send tangible messages into space. In the early 1970s, Drake, Sagan, and others designed the small metal plaques carried aboard NASA's Pioneer 10 and 11 spacecraft, which depicted a pair of humans and Earth's location in the Milky Way. They also collaborated on the Voyager Golden Records project. 
The two spacecraft each carry a metal record containing sounds, images, and music from Earth, as well as a player and instructions, should aliens find them one day. Today, all of these crafts continue to fly billions of miles beyond our solar system, carrying Drake's messages with them. In the 1960s and 70s, Drake played a major role in driving astrobiology, then called exobiology, into becoming a systematic field of study of the origins and evolution of life on alien worlds. Everyone was just beginning to muse on the role of liquid water. Could there be another liquid solvent, ammonia, chlorine, at an atmospheric pressure different than on Earth? Recalls Bill Nye, CEO of the nonprofit Planetary Society, which was co-founded by Sagan in 1980. You could make an argument that all astrobiology speculation is a formal or informal form of the Drake equation. In 1984, Thomas Pearson founded the SETI Institute in an effort to gain funding for and to support SETI research by astronomer Jill Tarter and others. Drake later served as president of the Institute, a role he held until 2010. The Institute launched a number of groundbreaking projects, including the Allen Telescope Array, 42 antennas devoted solely to the SETI search, and the Laser SETI Project, which scans the night sky for flashes of light that aren't coming from astrophysical sources. Their collaborators, the Berkeley SETI Research Center, ran one of the most well-known searches for extraterrestrial signals, SETI at Home, a project that, until 2020, let people devote their home computers' downtime to crunching SETI data. In 2006, Drake became the inaugural director of the Carl Sagan Center, which supports more than 75 scientists advancing SETI work and studying astrobiology, and he served on the SETI Institute's Board of Trustees into his 70s. Diamond and Shostak, who frequently worked with Drake there, described him as quiet, gracious, observant, and very intelligent. He was a very humble gentleman for somebody who's had such an impact on science and astrobiology. He was just a lovely human being, Diamond says. In recent years, scientists have begun fleshing out the Drake equation and measuring its terms more precisely. For example, astronomers now better understand the lives of stars. Thanks to research with NASA's Kepler telescope, they know that planets are more ubiquitous than previously thought, including ones in the habitable zone, where it's neither too hot nor too cold for liquid water. Researchers are also exploring the equation in new ways. The Drake equation is iconic for describing and illustrating the search for signs of life by way of civilized aliens that have radio communication tools. I took his equation and recast it in the search for signs of life, not by intelligent aliens, but by perhaps bacteria giving off a gas that accumulates in the atmosphere of a planet, says Sarah Seeger, an astronomer at MIT working on multiple exoplanet searching projects. Seeger worked on a team that explored whether phosphine on Venus could be a sign of life. Other biosignature efforts include NASA's Perseverance rover, which is tasked with looking for traces of past microbial life on Mars, and planned future missions to Jupiter's moon Europa and Saturn's moon Enceladus. Separate teams have also looked for technological signatures of alien civilizations, like smog on distant planets. New space telescopes will surely help too, like the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Telescope, which launched in 2018, and will find thousands of new worlds, and the James Webb Space Telescope, which could be used to scope out water vapor in planets' atmospheres and potential signs of life on the worlds below. But the most important part of Drake's legacy, says Nye, is that people now frequently ask big and profound questions about humanity's place in the universe. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the cosmos? Nye says. All this speculation was because of Frank Drake. The guy changed the world. 
Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com slash science. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.